At first glance, one might think Solomon as a a brilliant, faithful young man, well-suited to take on the mantle as chosen king over the people of Israel, following in the footsteps of the archetypal King David. But when one digs in, it seems that Solomon has a little bit of a selective memory. He says, David walked before God in, in faithfulness, righteousness, and uprightness of heart. And David did all these things indeed. However, David was not always righteous and faithful. Let's not forget the episode of adultery with Bathsheba and the arranged murder of Bathsheba's husband and the attempted cover-up by David of the entire affair. Solomon leaves out those details when conjuring up the memory of David before God. But still, God did forgive David. God kept God's promises, blessing David until the end of his days. Solomon is aware of this. It seems as if the lectionary for today leaves out a few details too. And this is necessary because the book of Kings stretches out. There will be no way we can cover it all. But at, at this point in the story... Solomon has already outmaneuvered his half-brother for the right to secede David to the throne, aided by his mother Bathsheba and some close advisors. Afterwards, when his half-brother continues to make questionable decisions which threaten to undermine Solomon, Solomon has him and others put to death. There's even more. Solomon then marries the the daughter of Pharaoh, bringing her into Jerusalem, the city of David, which is in contravention to Deuteronomic law. Furthermore, though the Jewish people lack a temple, which forces them to offer incense and sacrifices at a local cultic establishment, and though the city lacks proper walls for defense purposes, Solomon, somewhat selfishly, is having his own house built at this time before the temple and before the fortifications were set up in Jerusalem. And then we also hear today that Solomon offers incense and sacrifices at high places, again in violation of Deuteronomic law. So the backstory leading up to Solomon's encounter with God is packed with intrigue, murder, adultery, power, secession, all mixed in with a healthy healthy dose of questionable moral decisions. I'm telling you, nighttime TV doesn't get this good. (laughs) Yet, here is Solomon in a dream. A dream, but still meeting with God. And God says, what should I give you? And Solomon miraculously asked for an understanding mind. The ability to discern good and evil. So he might be better suited to govern God's people. This man of questionable character and selfish behavior asked for something noble, and this pleases God. And God grants Solomon this wish. God grants him a wise and discerning mind. And he also grants Solomon riches and honor. God grants Solomon's wish and then more. If we're to stretch out the reading today, if we were to do so, you would see the wealth 
the honor and wisdom are all on display in the following chapters of Kings. Solomon winds up as a sovereign over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates to the Philistines, even to Egypt. All bring tribute to Solomon and he acquires massive wealth and he builds a massive army and builds a massive temple and he becomes known for his wisdom and his fame spreads throughout all the nations. The book of Proverbs, also known as the book of wisdom, contains Proverbs attributed to Solomon. Indeed, God granted Solomon's wish and more. And it's quite amazing. God blessed this selfish, negligent, imperfect person in so many ways. Yet it seems to be the nature of God throughout time to bless others regardless of merit. And this is a very good thing for us because we all know that perfection is not a trait we possess. And though we're imperfect, we are still loved and blessed by a God who responds to our prayers. We have a God who seeks to give us wisdom, who seeks to help us discern right from wrong, who seeks to nourish us. We turn to God in humility and love, and God responds to our imperfect love. Each day we gather here for worship. Each Sunday. I come here each day. (laughs) And we encounter the word of God in scripture. Which God reminds us, which reminds us of God's laws. Centers us, brings us back on track so we might live faithfully. But that's not really enough. If it were, the law would have been enough. And if the law were enough, we would not need Christ in our lives. We hear the guiding word of God each week, yet we have our moments each day where we fall short. Granted, as individuals, we may not have made a string of dubious decisions like Solomon, but we struggle. The law does not sustain us. It does not feed us with all we need. I was in Mississippi recently on a mission trip. And I took a group after a day's a day of hard work uh, for a snack. We went to a little ice cream stand. They make these things called snowballs. It's ice cream with slushies in them. And uh, we are at the, the counter. And behind the counter, I saw a prayer. It's a prayer I've seen before, but it bears worth repeating. It says, Dear Lord, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, haven't lost my temper, haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. (laughs) And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. That... That pithy, humorous prayer captures who we are as human beings pretty well. We all have our flaws. We are all unable to observe the law because we all have Adam and Eve, David, Bathsheba, and Solomon inside us in some way. Christ came into the world in order to connect us to God in ways that the law cannot. To give us an example of godly life. Christ came to us out of love for us, despite our flaws. Because we could not keep the law, the word became flesh in Jesus Christ. 
giving us a way in which we can become united to God. Today's gospel contains rich language, which most of us would agree point towards the Eucharist. Jesus says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. We see the word not only in the flesh and the historical person of Jesus Christ, but also in the sacrament and the Eucharist. We are invited this Sunday and every Sunday to abide in Christ. When we partake in the body and blood of Christ, we receive forgiveness of sins. We strengthen our union as a people, as a community, and we strengthen our union with Christ. We allow Christ to abide in us and nourish us and help grant us that wisdom we desperately seek. The ability to see right from wrong. The strength to reject evils we find in our world, even the evils we find in ourselves. We may not receive the same wisdom, riches, and fame that Solomon received, but when we come to the table, we do receive God's blessings. We are imperfect people receiving God's perfect love through the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity at that moment in time when we come to the table to walk humbly before the Lord and seek wisdom at the feast.